0: we we'll Welcome back to the Four Podmen, the podcast that us four gentlemen bring you every single week. And today we have a very, very interesting subject due to popular demand. It is none other than... Right, so it is. If you didn't know who that was, you probably shouldn't be watching this show. But keep watching anyway because we like you and you're our friend. So stick around with us. I am your co-host for today, Mister Ian the Dynamo Kelly, joined by on your left or right, wherever it may be on your particular screen, Joe the Beef Doignan, the DJ Road Dog, Mister Jason Kennedy, and your popular co-host for today, because he is your co-host for today, the, the Shopkeeper. Noel Hogan, Noel, this is your baby today. I can't wait to see what we've got in store. Absolutely, I'm just going to sit back and do my little straight edge. I couldn't be further from straight edge if I tried. But hell, none of us are here. <laughs> welcome, w- welcome, lads. Noel, what are you got in store for us today? CM Punk is a, a very, very popular subject. Always, let's be real. Always, but he's of course. Uh, He's, of course, more popular this week again because he's, he's kind of made the rounds again by
1: just nothing but a simple tweet. <laughs> yeah, it's mad to think that a guy who's so straight-edge could be so popular in terms of pro wrestling, isn't it? Like, It's, oh. it's crazy, really, when you Madness, think about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose what we should do is we should um, start by just having a rundown of his career and give people a bit of background and where it went and, you know, start with that maybe and then go back and look at some matches or some some key points in his career that, that stand out a la Pipe Bomb and various things like that, you know. Um, so, th- I mean, to start with his career, I mean, you're talking about a man here who, when we talk about paying their dues, seriously paid his dues. For sure. Um, yeah. This is a guy who sort of had a fantastic feud with Raven and ROH, which really got his name out there, and um, then moved on and had a trilogy with Sabawa Joe in uh ROH, if anyone hasn't watched that trilogy yet, go watch that trilogy. You got two one arrow draws, and then Joe getting a win on the third. But it was uh, phenomenal stuff, you know what I mean? Which for like an independent uh promotion to have one arrow draws, you would think might be a bit too much. But these guys just really put it together. Yeah. Um. Following off from that, then you know, basically you- what you're
0: what you're saying is that it was more, it was actual wrestling instead of the Kenny Omega Okada uh, car crash. You know, it,
1: it, it, it was called Ring of Honor. It was called Ring of Honor for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, bang bang. Then he, then, then he, goes kind of on the, yeah, on, 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 on the way out. He gets the, um, he gets the robe and captures the ROH title, and um, which was a fan swear about the time because he wasn't expected to get it because he had let people know he was leaving, and then he signs his WWE. You think about it. Heads off to OVW where he teams up with Paul Heyman and then the, the real CM yes. Punk. The real CM Punk really starts then, you know. Oh yeah. Um starts out with um WWECW, <laughs> where um he seems to be uh, in line to do something really special there, but gets overlooked in favour of one Bobby Lashley. Um Comes up then onto the big stage and wins back-to-back money in the banks, which was absolutely phenomenal at the time. And kicks off then has a feud with Jeff Hardy, if fans will remember was the, you know the kind of real life feud where he brought up all the the drug Drogues
0: addiction, and alcohol, yeah. <laughs>
2: The lifestyle, all the the lovely things, things, all the brilliant things, all the things God
0: put on the earth for us to enjoy.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. all the lovely (laughs) things, (laughs) lovely distractions.
1: Assuming you're not
2: straight-edged, I must look in the couch.
1: So long as you're pulling AJ Lee out of it, we're all happy.
2: Um, hey, yeah, listen. When I bury a bitch, she stays buried. You know.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> then,
0: um, <Speaking> of <laughs>
1: then, then right after that feud, we see um, the the beginning of creative frustration, um, and the spawning of the Straight Edge Society. Um, from there, um, a lot of various different things happening, including them. Um, the shaving of Serena's, the, uh, head.
0: That's when he shaved. That's when he shaved his own head as well, wasn't it? Like Like yeah, he had that yeah. man beard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, then we move on and and we get the um, we get we get the, the the pipe bomb gets dropped, um, from a lot of frustration, oh. and then we get the birth of the best in the world, the four three four days, um, loses to the Rock, better known as Dwayne from the pipe bomb. <laughs> By the way, can I
0: just say, there's also a very happy shopkeeper during this era, and thankfully to that era, still a happy shopkeeper.
1: <laughs> there's, there's, there's very few people that outsell Cena, and this was one of them. Yeah. So then, it comes up then, he goes into this feud with Undertaker, which I think WWE really missed the boat on, because yeah. I, I think he should have been the guy to break the streak. Um, I think it was probably the most realistic feud out there. If you remember, he had the urn and the ashes. and Paul know, Bear had just
0: passed as well, hadn't he? Yeah,
1: Yeah, and it was a very sensitive time. And, and you remember the, you remember Taker flat on his back and, and he's pouring the, what we call ashes, but we know it was sand. <laughs> but it looked fantastic. And he really brought a realness to that sort of feud. Um, and it was just a shame that they didn't push the button on it. Then he moves on and he has a—he's about to enter into a feud with Brock and a feud with the, the Wyatt family as well. And he should have had an amazing 2014, but because of burnout, frustration, injuries, too many matches with Ryback, um, this led to his departure and. Uh, Fuck Ryback! Yeah, so he basically—he basically, he basically <clears throat> ran, he ran down. He ran down his contract, and off he went. Um, and then we all remember the infamous podcast with Kau and then off to the UFC, um, which which didn't go too well. And um that's kind of that's kind of his career in a nutshell apart from coming back to do a few sort of hosting on Fox and various things like that. But that that's his career in a nutshell, really. Um so when you look at it, like I mean, the 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 real things that stand out. I mean, his career in ROH was phenomenal. Um, I mean, the matches he had in there. I mean, apart from Joe, I mean, he had matches in there with with Daniel Joe? Bryan, Brian Danielson. He had matches with Homicide. Like I mean, anyone. Did he have a run with um, with Austin Aries as well that I seem to remember? He did back in the earlier days. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah. he basically he basically worked most of that ROH. Um. Uh, roster, you know what I mean, but like this is a guy who even even at that stage, you know, never really had a bad match. Everything was just yeah. unbelievable, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think the putting of them with Heyman and OVW, I think was key. Um, and <laughs> that what you know?
0: It's crazy, isn't it? Like how, how that relationship uh, blossomed because it's funny because obviously Heyman was kind of just the next step after after um, Cornette. And you know he would have thrived under Cornet as well, obviously. But Heyman was there, just so pissed off, and wanted to give uh, wanted to give these guys a chance and and give them a chance. He did, in particular. Monk, uh, the documentary pretty much says that story, no doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just like now I, th- <coughs> I I think he I think he recognized very quickly when he went into OVW or you know WWE that it was like this was a political minefield. This was not Ring of Honor. This was a yeah. very different world. Yeah, and um, his moves and his friendship with Heyman, um, was a very shrewd move on his behalf in terms of politicking, You know what I mean? Because no one really like no one in WWE was really sold on him. I know that the birth of the sort of indie audience and the indie crowd was starting to really take its momentum, but um, no, no one internally in WWE, you know, thought he was anything more than. You know, another indie guy coming in if you like, you know what I mean? Well, in, really... in,
0: in particular, you remember at that time Shawn Michaels and Triple H were two people that just didn't want them yeah. anywhere near it. They they thought he was the epitome of just yeah. tattoos, not in shape. Um you know, just and then I think just going on that there, <coughs> Jay, you can come in after that. Sorry, I just wanted to pick and up okay. I just you're wanted okay. to pick up on a point that uh, you made there, Noel, because that's actually really interesting because the Heyman uh, relationship could have really went either way, couldn't it? Because Heyman wasn't exactly flavor of the month in WWE at that point either because he had made the move to OVW in very, very similar circumstances to, uh, to Jim Cornette where he was just fed up dealing with the upper fucking upper tier cheap plug um, of, of, <laughs> uh, of the WWE. Very well done. <laughs> and uh you know so that really could have went uh that really could have went either way but the thing is heyman really went to bat for this kid like you know what i mean and he really was a kid at that point in wrestling terms he was a kid you know he was he was a veteran on the indie scene but...
1: yeah i think um, when you look at when you look at the 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 matching up about it them coming together I mean, they were both facing the same obstacles, really, yeah. in, in both their careers. Yeah, Because, sure. you know, like, Heyman, Heyman was sort of like, you know, he was trying to push and get on, embark on this whole WWE CW type of project. Yeah, he was pushing yeah. hard for that, you know what I mean? And that was getting buried all the time, you know what I mean? Um, and, and the same with Punk, you know. Punk, he, he was this sort of, um, he was this jewel that just needed to be polished, really, you know what I mean? And it was... The other the other thing that happened at that time as well is it was be, because of the rise of the indie fan base and stuff like that and their strength out there. Um, the, WWE's hand was kind of forced at the time. You know, when you think about like that time, like if Daniel Bryan, you know, you have the, the you know the Yes Movement was starting to sort of you know spread its wings and stuff like that. But the you were smart, getting a lot. The of, Smart Mark era was yeah, was but you were getting thing. you were getting a lot of this stuff. I mean, Cesaro, I think, had come in at the time. You know, lo- loads of different guys from that sort of deal could come in at the time and and it was becoming like, you know, they were gaining that kind of traction. And then I think once once that traction happened, then the likes of Shawn Michaels and Triple H, you know, they, they kind of had to back off a little bit in this downward pressure to kind of keep it down because they had to recognize that, you know, in terms of business and business movement. It this ain't really 1997 important. anymore. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it was just you know it was time it was time to unleash these guys and see how it went. You know what I mean? And in fairness, um, during that time, WWE did some really really good business with these guys. You know what I mean? As I said, yeah. you, Punk, was out, Punk was out. selling was Cena, which was unheard of in the business at the time. You know what I mean? Well, like
0: Joe, when you look at when you look at all pictures or old videos, say of seeing Punk back when he had the long like dyed black hair, and you know he he was doing the OVW stuff, like you know to triple h that wasn't a body guy and to a lot of the wwe guys up upper the hierarchy should we say wasn't a body guy that's the perfect pro wrestling body <laughs> as in like that's real pro wrestling body as in that's a body that the boys had back in the 80s and the 70s in the territories you had that big kind of thick kind of waist the big chest the sh- there was an old saying and you remember this joe once you've got big shoulders chest Arms and legs, your grand. Do you know what I mean? The rest, the rest can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, so.
3: you, you don't need big legs. Like Rick Rude is, is uh, proof of that. Like, He's you know special, I mean? though. He's special. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, yeah. As, as he used to say himself, it's an upper body business. Like you know. Yeah. But, it's um, not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you know what I mean. Like the, to say Punk wasn't in shape is madness. Like you know what I mean. He just mm. wasn't shredded. You know what I mean. But he was still in decent nick. Like, and you have to be to. Perform at that kind of level the way he did. Like, well, no? especially
0: hour-long matches. I mean, CM Punk oh. was able to do that in front of two hundred people. Yeah. When
3: and and, and Rocky, Rock
0: and H had to do a thirty-minute Iron Man match.
3: <laughs> but um, just just um, with Niall going through, you you failed to mention his TNA career as well. Not, not that it was much of a TNA Woo! career. But a only, month long, was it? ah, huh? <laughs> uh, he was only a bit player. I think he was part of Raven's flock. He, mm. he did. I think he was only. I don't know if he had a single. A
2: singles match. I think it was only tags. And one. The rest, tag and yeah, the rest
3: was and tag, and group. The rest was running. Yeah. You know, he, as I said, he didn't have much of
1: a career there. Yeah, he was, he was also um he was a he was a gangster at Mania 22 as well. Yeah. That's right. See yeah. Tommy gun at the side yeah. of the car, yeah. and, and and I think wasn't he a druid as well for Undertaker at one stage?
0: I'm not too sure about that one, but I know he was definitely a gangster. I remember being uh been in, in in a, in a I w- I was watching that Mania live with a few uh indie fan darlings and at the time i have to say much to my uh chagrin i um i, I was kind of laughing at them going ha ah, there's your boy <laughs> but, and then like joke is on me now because I, be, I became a fan out of that you know what i mean so yeah that was and, and you know what what i mean that to have that much shit thrown at you like and it was li- li- literal shit i mean when he goes and he talks about triple h in particular and, <laughs> and other guys he literally it's because he had these were the people that were actively and forcefully trying to go. No, this guy. No, no, we're not. We're not going here. Like so, it showed the uh, showed the level of the man's perseverance. I suppose.
2: Well, I don't think they were prepared for. It. Look, the, the the deep and rich veins of irony running through CM Punk's career. When you talk about him as a as a personality, and let's face it. You, you, leave your, you leave your trainer, you leave your class, hopefully, with an, an adequate amount of skills. And to make your name on on, on the indies before you go anywhere near, a, 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 we'll call it the big show, you, 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 you've assembled a vast array of moves. But, again, it's yeah. a personality business. And the irony of Shawn Michaels, who was the original counter-80s culture, pro-wrestler pushed, having a problem with a man... Like CM Punk, when he came into the business, not just him, there was plenty of others. Like you said, the woke indie darlings were pushing all their favorite stars yeah. without permission from the company and the road agents and the dark days of television. And then H, a man who, let's face it, stepped into his own after the warrior dropped him on his face. Another bloke who everybody said couldn't work to begin with. To go and have essentially what is debatably a perfect career. I mean, the, the guy starts in 99. We, he retires in what, 2014, 2015?
1: 2016,
2: yeah, yeah. Really? That's right. That's a 15-year yeah. stretch, working the ring, working the audience, working his charisma. Even though it, we all didn't get it initially, and nobody did. I mean, again, I'm a hindsight fan. I could never boast being a, a big fan of the man, but he worked and marked the system all the way through his ascension. A 14-year straight run to the top, and then I, I got to the top of the mountain. Every one of you said I wouldn't. I've got your fans. I've got your female champ. She's my wife now. See, as long time. I also, I also have my own private bus to bring me everywhere because, you know, just because I can. Yeah, there was definitely a grooming of the counterculture versus the establishment in his, in his Roy is true. I mean, even, even big John, beating the living shit out of the Nexus. And, you know, just, there's a lovely, it would make a great telemovie of the guy who, like Rudy, the little the little yes. engine that could, the everyman it, body who rose to the listen, top.
0: Ultimate Warrior, because I know Ultimate Warrior, and Jay, you, you, um, I'm not bringing him up just because you're here, but I, it just came to me, because I do remember. He's an
2: important piece. He but I do it.
0: remember Ultimate Warrior saying, um, and I remember people that had had, like, you know, been slighted by the company, Warrior, Brett, a few other people Really all great, the yeah. They all really got behind um, CM Punk because of. W- would I be would I be wrong to say this? And Noel, I'm sure you're going to love what I'm about to drop here. Boom, pipe bomb, baby. Fans out there as well, please do uh, comment here and and see if you agree with us or not. See the real life Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you know what I mean? The real life Stone Cold Steve Austin Where he was actually going And putting it up to the boss And saying fuck you I'm going to get yeah. you in a pro- I'm going to get you in a program In your own ring Where I have to sign a contract Because I have your belt And I'm going to make you look like a wimp You know I know Vince is always up for that If there's money to be made But He was doing this shit Actually behind the scenes Look, like.
1: Yeah I think um, the, the brilliance of even wearing The Austin shirt during the pipe. But, yeah You know yeah. what I mean it was just and you know the shout out to Cal and all the all the things that really got up there. nose. And I'm then he goes, a Paul Heyman guy. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes in hard on the family. You know the 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 doofus son-in-law. The, you know the you know they're all gonna take over and like even like you know <laughs> practically <laughs> wish a death on Vince and everything. You know, you
0: know? <laughs> You're what he said, oh, You're oh. a millionaire that should be a billionaire because you hang oh. you hang you you surround yourself with glad-handed idiots. Like your stupid daughter and your stupid like son-in-law.
2: Think, think about that. Think about that for one second. I know we, we often digress into in, into proverbial conversations about the business as a bigger picture. And how many times have we said, oh, the day came died the day it broke. Yeah, here this fucking Pepsi tattooed fuck is sitting down at the top of the ramp. to are sitting at gorilla position. You know, it's... Pretty much, just just that scene. Him sitting in another star's t in another star's t shirt. It's almost a throwback to the warrior wearing Macho Man on his knee, basically breaking every fort wall possible. And every woke smart mark in the world saying KFabe died with the, the the court and call. It's like, well, then what the fuck is that sitting there? Why is that? Like he's duped us all again. There it is, layered in a tapestry of yous are all full of shit, and this man is outselling everybody. And has done it his own way from the minute he stepped in all the way up to the top of the mountain and dropping pipe bombs to a production truck that could pay pretty much stop them when they wanted, Well, but they he let was, it roll.
0: I, I, I actually Psycho. think... I think, and I mean, we're not going to talk about this in terms of, um, you know, because this this will be a future episode, I'm sure, in terms of talking about the greatest talkers of all time. But I mean, when, yeah, you yeah, talk, different when, when you talk about the greatest talkers of all time, CM Punk is definitely in the conversation because off the back of that is when he actually talks about this microphone isn't just a microphone, it's a pipe bomb. I mean, that is just, gen- I mean, this is a man who is very, very literate. And, um, you know, he's a big love of, of comics and stuff. And he obviously went and wrote for Marvel and stuff like that. So you can tell he's quite well versed in that. But, you know, just a, just a very shrewd man. And what I actually liked during that as well, and it's not necessarily everyone's favourite, but one of my favourite bit, bits was when he, uh, you know, he goes, John, seeing it while you're lying there, hopefully in as much pain as you can possibly be. He goes, <laughs> But you remember when he actually said? He goes, John, I don't hate you. And he goes, in fact... I don't even dislike you. In fact, I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot better than some of those little ass kissers in the back. You're no Dwayne. He's a real ass kisser. And I was like, oh my God, he just dropped The Rock's name in this. Like, I mean, I'd say Vince backstage was going... (laughs) that wasn't meant to be like i didn't know he was going to go down
2: this road rock
1: rock rock straight away face to him and Vince going what the hell is this
2: (laughs) (laughs) literally literally sitting there grabbing that proverbial brass ring that's allegedly there for everybody to grab but you're not supposed to hold it you're not supposed to get to it without my permission but it's almost it's like a i just put a little picture together in my head it reminds me of a I, th- I think when you've got the fans behind you, and you know, as a superstar, there's nothing that anybody can do to you because the Vin- Vince at the end of the day is a numbers man. And when the accountants are calling him up, going, "Yeah, no, sorry, boss, but he's really he's shifting merch like nobody is." What do you mean? It's like, yeah, you're gonna have to listen. You're gonna have to take the take the hit on this one, pal. You know, but it's almost like, do you remember? Do you remember that little scene in a uh, in Rocky too, where they do the presser, and Rocky's just there, all mopey and all, and Apollo is the champ there, and he's all like giving it the big one, giving it the, the you know career great all this. I'm the greatest. That last time was a fluke, and then Polly pipes up from the corner, <laughs> he's going to bust you. <laughs> Apollo turns around, and does the the McGregor. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> And the Asylum Majority, he's gonna do you. And you're like, there, there, he is, right there. There's CM Punk speaking for everybody who bought a ticket in the show, talking to the boss directly through television. It, it was it's perfect. Dude, he used like, the,
0: he used the rage against the machine um off the off the Battle of Los Al- uh, the Battle of Los Angeles album, um The Voice of the Voiceless. And I was just like boom. There you go. That that, that that lends credence to your point there, Jay.
2: Yeah, the unsolent majority. I'm speaking for the people who bought my T-shirts who are filling your till full of money. And unfortunately, right oh, now, you can't afford to turn me off. But <laughs> the genius
0: behind this is, because it is, and we'll, we'll bring Joe in here in a minute as well, and Noel, because I think personally the genius behind this, is, you know, is, because we were always going to spend a long time talking about that particular pipe bomb and try to dissect it. Because, I mean, it is probably the greatest promo of all time, in my opinion. I probably think it is the greatest promo of all time. I don't think anything comes close to it personally. Um and and that's just purely because of what it was. Like that's what made me a fan of this guy. I was like, holy shit, this guy is is that's my man. Look. Like, but um one of the things that he said as well was uh when he when he when he said he was the voice of the voiceless, he followed that on by saying, uh know this is the great genius behind the worker that he is in terms of heel and he goes and all you fans cheering me you're just as guilty as everybody else (laughs) you come in here and you meet me in the airport at six in the morning looking up for an autograph just so you can go and sell it on ebay you're just as big a part of the problem as they are. it was like boom he knew to kind of go right the fans are i'm you know i'm getting over here but now we're going to bring it back and, do, and, and basically tell them to go fuck themselves. But just in such an articulate way, that was like, what do you think yeah. about that, Joe? Like, I mean, I think that's great work.
3: You know, like, uh, like every part of that, as you said, from him wearing the T-shirt out there to what he said, to, to slagging the fans, he's not a stupid man. No. You know what I mean? And
0: as we it's said,
3: as, 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 as it was said at the start of this, you know, there's massive Royal Rumble speculation because the man sent out a tweet. Yeah, And the world's gone mad. And he he knows how to play. Exactly, Jay. He knows how to play people. He has, them, has people, have, has us eaten out of his fucking hands. And he is loving every minute of Ooh. it. And, and you know honest, what? He's given, he's
0: given WWE free them. money, isn't he? Like, because they're going to watch till number 30 <laughs> to see if it's punk.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm telling you, there'll be a few people that'll be tuning in in the hope that he does turn up and it's yep. a few extra bob in their pocket, and they won't be too upset about that. Well,
0: you know that you know that big bag of money that he said it would take him to get back in the ring? If I was Vinnie Mack, and if I was Triple H, I would be getting that bag and filling it left, right, and centre to say, if we can actually bring back some of the casual fans and make them fucking... Dude, I mean, it's... It's, it's worth all the money in the world, in my opinion. You might
2: as well have just painted the fucking mask on and said, "Give me forty billion pounds, and I'll come back. I'll wear the
3: fucking tassels if you want." I'm telling absolutely. you that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they'll make they'll make it back. They'll make it back and more on merch. You oh, oh, oh. So like, yes. Yeah. And now i will be buying seven or eight more properties.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Noel will be. Noel will be all of our bosses, legitimately. CM
3: portfolio.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm one of those guys who of up to all those collector cups.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: As far as, Noel, in terms of the, uh, the pipe bomb, because obviously, you know, anyone that knows you, and, you know, we always call you the shopkeeper because you obviously, you are, um, you are the, the the OG when it comes to having a wrestling shop in Ireland and, and the only wrestling shop in Ireland, let's be real. Um. But when you talk about that, being like, you know, you're you know, you're a numbers guy. So you see Cena as your boy in the sense that that's the consistency. But you probably never thought to be another guy that could match Cena, unless The Rock came back on a full-time schedule or Stone Cold back, came back on a full-time schedule. Like, but CM Punk just out of nowhere, boom, that pipe bomb happens. You go into work on Monday morning and you go, baby.
1: Well the, the the funny thing about it is when the pipe bomb went off everyone wanted that Austin shirt. Oh, okay, <laughs> that, yeah. That yeah. was the funny thing about it. That but was it, the blue uh, one, wasn't it? Just yeah, the, the blue it. one, the stomp of mud holes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they still order it. But um to talk about CM Punk, I mean that that iconic best in the world shirt. He gave I Austin mean, the robe and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he um that best in the world shirt, the iconic shirt, there, that first best in the world one. That's the shirt in the shop that is sold out and had to be restocked the most times. Like Cena, Cena would be a very big seller, but like Cena at the time had new merch nearly every two months. So he was like the Beyonce of
0: wrestling, wasn't he? Yeah. He so Cena fans,
1: Cena fans would be buying the new color or the new design or the new slogan. But Punk's best in the world shirt. Like we could still sell bucket loads of that today. As a matter of fact, a customer hit me up the other day, yesterday actually on Facebook. And he wanted to order the CM Punk Nexus shirt, the one with the yellow, the black with yeah. the yellow lightning yeah, bolt, yeah. one with the fist. It was, it was a lovely shirt.
0: Like yeah.
1: and like that—that that was only yesterday. So that'll that'll tell you the reach and uh, the effect that the man had in terms of merchandise. The other point that you have to make as well—they tried as hard as they could to lie about the level of his merch sales. So they did. So they didn't have to make him the number one merch seller. Um, and I think he touches on that himself, doesn't he, when he talks about the royalties and all. They tried to dampen down the royalties and stuff like that to him because of the merch sales. He was selling bucket loads. It's well, like, they, like, they, don't,
0: they don't sell much stupid shit to him. Like, and, and again, this all came from, like, you know, it all came from a dislike of one man that just seems to creep up. I'm not going to mention his name again, but just one man that he either likes it or he doesn't, and then Vince tends to listen to that man. And, like... If you're Vince, you're going shut the fuck up, son-in-law, and you just go and make me grand fucking kids, son-in-law, and- unmentioned name. <laughs>
1: but you know, but you know the, the funny thing. Anyway, about this that is man- a
0: CM Punk show, Jay. Yeah. yeah. But the fun- <laughs> the fu-
1: the fu- the, f- the funny thing about that man that you mentioned now, that man now has morphed into a man that's all about business. Yes. And he-, he would love to have. Oh, that rolled back to that time absolutely. where he's in this job now.
0: Absolutely, and that's and that's that's what I'm going to say, and that's why I'm going to give that man that we're talking about. Of course, it is Triple H. Everyone knows that this this is our running joke. Joe talks, <laughs> Joe,
2: Joe, Joe
0: Joe talks about Joe talks about death. I talk about Triple H. Noel talks about Aaron Anderson, <laughs> and Jay just talks about everything. <laughs> so in, in between everything in between, he is the cult. Um, so. No, I think I think what I'm saying with Triple H as well is, and that's why I become a, a, a much bigger Triple H fan now than I was say back in the days, because I can actually see that since he's kind of taken the hot seat and since he's done the whole NXT deal, which by the way is just fantastic, and what he's doing for the business, I think he's probably looked back and learned from his possible mistakes and looked at himself and probably evaluated and said, you know what, <laughs> business is business, yeah, and it all comes down to that gorilla press, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, I I think um, I I think when you look at CM Punk, going back to your point there, Noel, you know, they done everything to slight the man. I mean, there was movie roles that he was offered, and they were like, "No, we're not going to give it to you. We're going to give it to the Miz," because he hates the Miz, obviously. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's like why like you know what i mean i mean CM punk has one what two movies now he's already got one girl on the third floor which is on netflix it's actually a pretty decent movie and now some fans are calling for him to be the next ash in, in evil dead and even even um bruce campbell himself said yeah he goes he'd be a perfect me you know so i was like but the miz is the marine you know it's like it, there's always guys within that company they're just such a weird company aren't they like for for a public company still like and, and for a company that likes to we're anti-bully you know we don't like bullying unless it's an air fucking unless it's in air
2: 15 lock. years of hazing is okay
0: yeah yeah you know it's, it's such a strange dynamic isn't
3: it yeah but see wwe don't like to give it to give the rub to anyone they haven't built themselves like yeah you know yeah. and the finger being pointed it's your turn now and you, you know and it's not That's your true. turn yet that's so they, they were trying to throw a lot of roadblocks in his way to slow down his momentum and he, but like, he was just too good <laughs> and they just yeah. couldn't stop him back. Like. do
0: you know and what then, his biggest weapon was this and this
3: yeah and like he they also he also um had a lot of fans that were completely bought into who he was and what he was doing yeah which helped as well but that was because he knew what the hell he was at. And he had the fans, as I said, still eating out of the palm of his hand. And he hasn't been in the
2: ring in how long? <laughs> still, still people. Are, yeah. Counter-culture, counterculture anti-hero, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I found a thing as well, because people always know Jay as the warrior guy. <laughs> they always know me as the Brett guy. They always know Noel as the Triple H guy. That's what you are now, Noel. <laughs> I'm okay uh, with it. But no, no, cool. uh, absolutely. And, and so you should be. <laughs> But I actually looked at. Uh, I found a few things. Like I was trying to look back on tweets and, and old tweets and old Instagram posts, and I found one that was very apparent. That kind of um, I thought was actually really interesting. When he got uh, when he got beaten on his first UFC fight, I saw Bret Hart put one up with him, and he said he goes, "You know what? Win, lose, or draw." He goes, "You had you had the biggest balls of anybody to step in an octagon." He goes, "But also, you had even bigger balls to step into a multi-billion-dollar corporation." And do what none of us could do and and take it to them and formed your own path and basically said do you know what you might have told me years ago this is obviously a personal conversation they had you might have told me a long time ago i was your hero he goes but you're actually my hero and i thought that was really cool you know you can see a lot of old guys and old timers as well that just have the like we mentioned the warrior was a big fan of him as well just so many guys that have the utmost respect for this guy going in. Like, I don't need a union. Fuck it, I'll find a way around this. And I'm going to carve my own path. And it's like, it's I don't think it's ever been done. You know, Stone Cold can do the whole, and I love Steve Austin, as we know. Um, Stone Cold can do the whole, you know, beating the shit out of the boss on camera. But technically, Punk was beating the shit out of all the bosses without even laying a finger on them.
1: Yeah, there's only so many chairs in the clique, isn't there, really, when you think about it. Yeah. And all those guys who get fucked over always tend to huddle together anyway, don't they? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'd agree with that. I'd agree (laughs) with
1: that. It's it's the perfect storm for a great old school survivor series match when you think. Oh yeah. No, no, I'd agree with that,
0: of course. Like, look, you're always gonna that's that's always gonna be the way, but I think just just that one like five, six I try and watch that once a year, at least just to bring me back to like, that's just the best promo ever, like because it's real, but they let them do it. And just even like slapping the mic on, well, selling it like where you were like, whoa, that's work. That's work. So like in terms of the indie guys, like that came on board. And I suppose after that, that was just incredible. He had indie lads thinking that he had beef with Dave Batista and all, and him and Batista were working people while they were actually going on they were going on nights out together and all, like, you know, and you had Samoa Joe going, if I ever run into Triple H and Batista, I'll smack the shit out of them. And it's like, Punk's there going, It's actually my buddies. So I'm still business.
2: To- yeah. <laughs> I'm still business. Like, I still do the job. Yeah. His, his, um,
1: his ROH buddies, even that were in TNA and in WWE were, were rallying around him. you know, like, I mean, yeah. when, when, you, when you talk about guys getting dampened down, I mean, just look at, look at Daniel Bryan's career initially in there and stuff like that. I mean, he was told to go out and choke out an announcer. He went out and choked him out. We got fired <laughs> over. You
0: know I mean? Well, like see, so- scenes as we are working, scenes as we are kind of talking about a man that broke the fort wall. I'm just gonna go and say it, and I'll probably get a lot of fucking uh, heat for this off some people. But, and Joe, you know what I'm talking about here. In my opinion, the boys, the boys are the easiest to work. <laughs> the boys, like I've actually found that in my experience, the fans are actually the ones that are like. Hmm, no, I don't know about that. You can go into a locker room but like Lads you won't believe what's out the fuck happening out there. Like and they're like, oh, there's a big queue. Like, I swear to God, you ask well, just just, ask just Kev Jay, like, he'll tell you the easiest people
1: just, in the world. Just think of Jericho, <laughs> just think of Jericho confronting Lesnar with Orton. There you yeah. go. Very there
0: perfect. you go.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. There you go. And Orton's there going, like, no, we fucking sorted it. Like yeah. uh, the boys are the easiest to work, I think, because they don't expect boys to do it. Like there's ribs. But when you work the boys, it's kind of like,
2: oh no, we don't know like where's a fan from work somebody this this works inside works. I mean, at the end yes. of the day it's it's real hard to get one over on people who've grown up just being fans and one of the things I have a problem with with pro wrestling is there's way too many fans in the ring pretending to be what they think the perfect pro wrestler should be when you're kind of looking from an outside bigger picture and you're like, Okay, you can be smart, you can be woke, you can be a dumb mark, you can be just a straight-up fan, you can be a casual fan. There's so many levels and tiers of fans. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the locker room has more fans and larger fans of the business to work. And there's a lot of men grow up reading men's biographies, believing it word for word like it's gospel, and you're looking at them going, a lot of them biographies are aspects of their work as well. They're still working. But well, look at
0: look at Ric Flair's autobiography in, in particular. Like, I mean, that lad hates everyone in the book and then you see him hugging everyone. Oh. Uh, I gotta <laughs> say, Red Heart, you're the best I've ever seen. Oh, Eric, you know, it's like there's certain lads he doesn't like and he'll say that, like, you know what I mean? But I think um, when you look at Noel, uh, going on what Jay said there about, uh, you know, too many wrestling fans in the ring one of your favorite promos of this was of last year was 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 your own irish man himself mr finn Balor, when he turned around to johnny wrestling and says johnny you're wrestling <laughs> when, I, when i finish with you you'll be johnny watches wrestling because that's what you are you're just a fan i am wrestling <laughs> it's like that's just that's one of the and, and you know what fucking truth bomb
2: <laughs> yeah, no, and look, look in a race you've usually got to, to have a proper, like just a traditional no offense race. to Johnny
0: Gadargano, by the way.
2: Just no, yeah, listen, for all we know, that could have been a work inside of work that led to some beautiful wax and yeah. lyricals. That's what yeah. the business is. If you can't yeah. talk, you ain't getting the next push. I just thought um, it was
0: really cool. That's all. I thought it was well, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, no, you look, it's a succinct truth. It's the truth in a nutshell. And more often than not, in in, in this business that we love, it's the men speaking for us, the plebs, down the thumbs up and thumbs down, who we rally behind. And he was a counterculture anti hero. He was speaking for the men who rarely had a voice in the bigger picture. And the internet has lent pro wrestling and the tapestry of storytelling a completely new facet, which the business is five years behind. And if you want a categorical fact proving this, You go from a pipe bomb, which is the hottest segment in promo and pro wrestling in 20 fucking years, whether you like it or not, to four or five years later, the whole McMahon family standing in the ring saying, we are going to start listening to you. You're like, he literally told us to do that four or five years ago, and now you're standing up and lying to us, even though we know you're lying to us. But using the bits of his promo and the troops that he was laying down to try and win fans back. Cut the fuck on. If you listen to these men when it was time to listen to them, we might be a little bit further in the advancement of a product. But here we are in the same old rule. And like yeah. I said, when, when, yeah. you, when you you know, when you're running a horse race, you can only have one blue fucking collar or, or blue ribbon show pony in that race. He's gonna lead the race. The rest are fucking plough horses. You can't have a race with just one horse. You need those other horses to run. And the work inside the work is often, we will systematically raise nine to 10 men on this card. Two will be company men who have a longevity. Four or five might be in and outs. A few might have an eye on a long career, but might stumble through injury or mishap along the way. And then you'll have one outsider. You need that one outsider, that conscientious, objective voice that says, WRONG! They want me. And the proof is at the fucking till. But you know what? You need that guy to struggle. You need him always to struggle because he's the one who gets us on side. It's, again, as a storytelling tapestry, it's a layered work. And there's always that one dark horse that they kind of hold at arm's length on. You're not allowed to be great. You're not allowed to be great. And he's like, I'm already great. (laughs) And you're going to see it in two or three years anyway you put as many obstacles in front of me face. Give me all the shit you want. It doesn't matter because every time I break that court and they lose their fucking shit and everybody knows it. That's a, that's, day- a,
0: that's a great way to segue into uh Noel. What about some of his actual work within WWE? That's a great segue, actually, in terms of just... talk We, we talked about how great his promos are.
1: Yeah, well, I, I suppose what we should do is we should, you know, we should start from... You know when they were sort of getting over the fact that they were trying to hold him down, and then they had to release this guy, <laughs> this this beast. You know, so um, you know, good he had two great ma- say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had he had um some great matches with Chris Jericho. Yeah, uh, oh, that field was uh, that
0: field was actually pretty good. Was that the one where Jericho was like pouring beer on his head and everything? Yeah, <laughs> ah, that was
1: that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that was good. And then I think we've already mentioned the Undertaker one, which I thought was. For me was missed probably, opportunity,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, missed opportunity, but probably the the best build-up I seen to a taker match in terms of the realism of the feud. I'd agree um, with that yeah. and, and you know, and the, the, the opportunity to potentially drop the streak and stuff like that, you know. Obviously the Jeff Hardy one goes without saying, you got the straight age guy actually going in hard on the, the the poor unfortunate drug addict and alcohol issues and whatever it was, you know. Um. Obviously, his um his feuds with John Cena are um you know well known. Obviously, really what
0: about tough. what about why don't we pause on that one for a second? Because that match, obviously, the story of that was amazing too. Because he basically he was the champion, and the whole idea was that his contract was running out, which it legitimately was. And that's where we got the uh, that's where we got the kayfabe kind of story there, and I. Jay always likes to talk about, you know, if Vince is going to do business with you and he's going to basically say, Roy, this is this is you and me. And I think that's exactly what happened there. Vince basically went to, to Punk and went, nobody else knows Show about me. this bad boy. You and me know about this. Don't let anyone know you're signing with us and you're going to fucking win. You're going to win the title, sorry, against John Cena because he wasn't the champion at the time. Sorry, I, I have to correct myself. For some indie darling comments yeah. under there, I've corrected myself. Okay, um, but he goes, that—that was the Survivor Series, was it? No, was that?
1: No, it was money, money in the money bank. in the bank, money in
0: the bank. Okay, so bank. he goes, and basically, if he wins the title, this is what Vince doesn't want because I've got this lunatic that is, tre- and he says it on the promo. I might go wrestling New Japan. Who knows? <laughs> you know, it's like. Wow, he's gonna and then when he wins that that belt, he's basically taking pictures of it like in his fridge, and he's putting them up as tweets. Do you remember that? He was putting <laughs> tweets up of the belt in his fridge. He went in his local basketball, um, his little local basketball court somewhere in Chicago, and just put it in the middle of the of the floor. He goes, might leave it here. I don't know. <laughs> if, if you if you remember if
1: you remember when he won it, um, and he's sitting on the barrier with the fans, and he's. He's holding it like this, and he's waving. Yeah, and I, th- like, I think I think he even left through the fans, didn't he? You like did. He did. He went out with the fans and stuff like that. You know? I actually sent
0: Joe that match, um, and Joe, you can probably talk a little bit about the match as well because I remember at the time you were getting back into wrestling and hadn't really seen much of Punk's work. And I said, if you are going to look at a match, you know, with, with all the cards on the table, you got to watch John Cena and CM Punk. And uh, you know, for all of it's so strange, man. I always find the, the wrestling universe is so weird, like in a lot of ways because they uh, they tend to kind of go, oh well, he was a great talker. He was he was an okay worker, and I'm like, no, he wasn't an okay worker. He was a fucking fantastic worker, you know. That match against Cena, I think, proves exactly what CM Punk was capable of under the fucking lights of, forget about under the lights, but under the lights of pressure to deliver. On, on that absolutely epic promo and I thought he, he absolutely knocked it out of the park and that's at a time where Cena was probably not really considered the most technically amazing wrestler or whatever but the, the thing is, if you gave Cena an amazing dance partner back then you got a, you got a five star I mean, no, fuck five star matches, fuck you Dave Meltzer you got a ten star match and that's um, that's what I thought we got with that with, with, with all the stipples. How many
2: stars were on the back of his pants? <laughs> huh? You were. I said how many stars were on the back of his work trunks?
3: Four, I think.
2: Four, yeah. Yeah, we'll call it a four-star match because that's that's what he wore to the ring every fucking the, the night. Thing, the thing that the, really, um, came, <laughs> I mean. the thing that really
1: came across <laughs> in that match was um you had such a divided fan base. If you remember looking at the match, you had like you had the punks of the fan base there that were doing their thing, but you also had a very strong Cena fan base there that didn't want this upstart to head off with the belt. I know you had you had, you had you had you had the well.
0: you had the kids and the pedos that were up for John Cena, and then you had the wrestling <laughs> fans that were up for, for CM Punk. Okay. Yeah. Our,
1: our very our very own pipe bomb.
3: <laughs> there you go. He was he was super seen at that stage as well, wasn't he? He was just destroying yeah. all before him. It's like these and it's the,
0: like these lads who wear the Bailey Hoogaby t
3: shirt. Am I wrong? Or did um am I wrong or did um CM Punk turn up at a couple of indie shows with the when he was he did,
0: he did yeah. Yeah.
3: I was thinking he did all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I you know, which of course set the cat amongst the pigeons again I was like geez, he's actually is he actually gone and all this kind of crap. He um, once again he, as Jay pointed
2: out earlier, the fucking yeah. <laughs> the he's a master. He's a master troll.
1: He went and did. Um, he went and the, the Comic Con circuit with it, didn't he? And he had the belt yes. up on the table you at did, the Comic Cons. And
3: yeah. I think a
1: couple, a couple of indie wrestlers used to come into the, you know, the Q and A sessions when they did the, the panel things, and weren't they calling them out and all? They wanted a match for the title and all. <laughs> it was, like it, it was, it was, it was really well done, except. He probably needed to show up on New Japan or Ring of Honor, really, you know, or something like that. You know, they just they kind of half followed trail, but didn't really follow trail. Like they could have, they could have really come to some arrangement with Ring of Honor because I mean, let's be honest, they had a relationship with Ring of Honor anyway.
0: But they but they done enough down Noel, I think they have done enough. I think you know what I mean. I don't think I don't think they missed an opportunity at all with that whole thing. I mean, putting the putting the belt in the fridge, putting, putting it in the basketball basketball port, like I said, just going. Yeah, I might leave it here for some lad to have. Like, I don't
1: know. Yeah, but <laughs> but I think what happened was, in terms of bringing him back, they brought him back too quickly. They brought him back in too soon. I think oh, yeah, like, I get you. They, yeah. yeah, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like everyone was expecting them to go, be gone. And I think he was gone for, what was it, two weeks, two, three weeks? Wasn't he on yeah. the next paper yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, roughly. Something? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I, I don't think it was long enough. And you know something? I would have loved, and if he had had a match on Ring of Honor for the title or something like that, just, just even in a travel match, that would have been like a great the idea.
3: Kind to it. It, you know, that, kind of,
1: that would have been or a even if even if a couple of Ring of Honor, if a couple of Ring of Honor guys had a jump them at a comic con or something,
3: <laughs> <laughs> just, just just really put it out there, you know. I think, but well, uh, WWE are famous for that not being able to hold their piss at all, like just. You know, when someone should be out for a few months, they always bring them back way too early. Right? Well, I think you know, I, I think, think one
0: thing that we can actually commend, I mean, Bruce Pritchard would have been part of that storyline with, with uh, the Hogan Savage storyline with Elizabeth and all. And that was kind of, uh, that was one of the long, you know, the, the slow build and the long kind of horn storylines that they, they ran. And I think with Bruce, you're seeing in certain things, even though he's back now, just to give him a bit of credit, because a lot of people just blame him on everything, which, you know, I, I think is also wrong sometimes. But I think the fact that, and I'm not the biggest Bruce fan in the world, but what I'm saying is I think when you look at the, what he's doing with, say, Roman Reigns at the moment, I think that's what you can see. When you get someone that can deal with that one big storyline and just let it run and run and run and run, it's so much better, isn't it? But, and I agree with you, Joe. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with your point. But that's the first time. That's the first time I've seen it in a long time. Where I've seen like the, the Roman Reigns story only. That's the only one I'm talking about. That's kind of been lit for, for a long time, but
2: like, you know, and, and you know, I'm like, like, sorry. A, a month long story, like months long. Yeah. You see, there's a problem there. Yeah. There's an aspect there which Joe just touched on, and you just touched on, and there's a there is a joint and mitigating circumstance or mitigating issue here which we never factor in. As fans, we either fucking rally against the company, you a shit, you don't know what we want, you don't ever know what we want. Bad storytelling, bad writers. But we've also become very fucking impatient as a fan base. Yes. People don't know what they want, but they know they Sickle. want it. Sickle. Like, yeah, like, oh, we want him back. It's like, well, it'd be better if he came back later because it'd be a super pop, but you impatient fucking 52 Christmases a fucking year. Pieces of shit. Just keep chanting his fucking name over everything. Slow down. Stop. Watch the storytelling and let us communicate this vehicle of fucking, you know, entertainment for you. No, we want it now, I was like, fair enough. You have it now, but you fucking blew the load. Whereas now, no fans are in the crowd. They can pipe in the fucking soundtrack of fucking audio that they want. We're actually seeing that the development of storytelling is the long-term development of structured characters. Like, I mean, even the the, the, the the prospect of young Uso over the next five or six years is going to be brilliant simply because he's tied into a story being told over four or five months that the fans aren't there to boo out of the building. It's sometimes right. the fans need to take responsibility for their fucking I bullshit. Have,
0: I have a good analogy based on that, and Joe was going to remember this from a... Missed the late great Andre Baker. Oh what guys. <laughs> over in uh, over in Hammerlock. And he used to say, and I what got and, and guys, I'm gonna do my best uh, London impression because this was, this is how Andre thought. He was like, and how, I I like to consider it like a, a good wank. <laughs> <laughs> so you're having a fucking wank, you're on the way, you think of something else, and it's gone, and then you gotta fucking start again. There's nothing more frustrating than ruining your own fucking wank. <laughs>
3: Do you remember
0: that,
3: Joe? <laughs> I, I don't, but you know my memory. Is
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's
3: true. My memory is utter, And there's a good chance I was pissed as a fart on Dooley's. So <laughs> that's true.
0: Dooley's, Dooley's toffee liquor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, oh, man. Just, just on, on Jay's,
3: just when Jay was talking about how, you know, the fans can be putting a lot of pressure. That I'm sure they get an awful lot of pressure from them. Um, Uh, the The channel execs are like, you can't leave him off TV for too long because, you know, the numbers are bigger when he's on telly. Mm. Than when he's not. So you get you know, I'd say
2: there's a lot of that pressure too, not Good just cash pressure. Yeah. Here, here
1: what what about the guy running the merchandise warehouses down about two million dollars in sales in that fortnight? No one's buying spinner belts because they think it's gone. Best in the world shirts are hanging around because they think he's gone. <laughs> Vince just got the spreadsheet down about two million and that two weeks and he goes, get him back here now. Who <laughs> <Dude,
0: laughs> the fuck is that guy? Yeah. that you're yeah. talking about. Who the and, fuck I, is that if,
1: good? And if you remember when they brought him back, they suddenly released about three shirts, all these <clears> accessories. <throat> you're able to buy the you know, the the straight edge gloves with the, the, the cross on it or whatever it is. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, like they, they pushed the merchandise to the moon then, you know. But uh they still stayed loyal to the best in the world shirt. <laughs>
0: well well let's <clears throat> I suppose like in closing, we have another few minutes, but like in closing, in terms of when we look at um, CM Punk's career as a whole, um, I know we didn't look at specific matches, and look, look, there's no point in going into specific matches we, 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 because this this character. We've is all seen them.
2: Yeah, we've yeah. all seen them. People know the matches. It's about the phenom, the man was, and the cultural impact he's had on the business, not so much a fucking play-by-play. We've hey. all been there. We've all seen it.
0: Absolutely. So I think in, when we talk about, like, his place, I mean, when I when I done a little bit of research this week, I was kind of going, he actually does have a fucking show. Because don't forget, Austin had, like, a four-year period. Punk pretty much had something similar. Like, the, the, when we go back and review, like, our Mount Rushmore's and stuff like that, like, I mean, I couldn't argue with someone if they said that CM Punk's on their Mount Rushmore. Like, that's... that's And and you know what? He did it at a time that Jay actually kind of alluded to earlier, that it was harder to do.
2: A straight 14-year run in front of the world where we control what happened in the ring via that fucking click-click mouse bullshit.
0: There you go. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, I actually... You know, I might have to revisit me around Rushmore and go, yeah, maybe, maybe CM Punk could be there, because, I mean, like... He uh, like we said he gave Austin the robe by just wearing an Austin t-shirt and as you said one of those Austin t-shirts so I'm sure Steve was sitting there in the Broken Skull Ranch going hey thank you Punk Uh, he
2: often say standing on the shoulders of giants, didn't he wrestle in macho's colours as well and drop a big elbow at a particular
0: he wrestled in in macho's colours he done the Hitman remember with the pink and black with the yes he knows where he he came from he knows where he he came from uh, he done that segment with Punk and uh, or sorry with John Cena and Brett when Brett hit him, the yeah. pool, remember? And he actually he's wore pumped. Brett's gear in the ring. Like, that was... <laughs> he basically said, like, that was literally my ultimate homage to basically take a bump for the hitman, you know what I mean? So, like, the man, I mean, that elbow drop, I mean, he's the first I've seen do it the, the, the match away as well, on, on, the, big, <laughs> on the big side. <laughs> Looking
1: on out the big. little window.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean... I, I don't know. I think um, I think CM Punk definitely. I'm going to pass it over to you, lads. But I, I I definitely believe that if someone was to tell me tomorrow, or even here today, that CM Punk has a, a, a you know a place a seat at the table as being one of the greatest of all time. I can't really
1: argue that. No, I think I think the impact that he had on the business, and um, you know it it it's led us down this path of you know, the, the, the big interest in the likes of Wrestle Kingdoms and the big interest in the likes yeah. of Ring of Honor and, you know, TNA and, you know, even AEW now and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like, this is this is the man who sent the fan base back down that pathway when they had kind of left it. Um, you know, because you, you look at it now, like, I mean, if, if he hadn't have sort of opened up that kind of pathway and, and you know, set that whole indie sort of fan base on fire, you know, would you have a young books today? You know, would you have the interest in it in a Cody Rose that has left the business and no. gone into AEW and been independent and no. you know, formed their own thing? You know, would anyone care about a Hangman Page or a Darby Allen or or an Orange Cassidy or any of these guys? Still real to
0: me, damn it. Yeah. yeah. But But you know
1: what I mean? He he's that guy who who you know took took a wave of people and flushed them from the big show back into those other shows. Um, to generate that interest, and and if you remember over that time period, um, that's when people you know who you met up who were wrestling fans less spoke about WWE and spoke more about their interest in New Japan or Ring of Honor or you know Impact when it became Impact or AEW yeah. as it is now, all those kind of things, you know, and you know this he, this, he this is, me,
3: Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Joe. Just just saying, he reminded people that there was more than just WWE out
1: there. Sure. You know? Yeah.
0: Sure, and
3: as like during that uh, pipe bomb promo, he dropped names left, right, and center, and it made people trigger like, "What the hell?" Oh yeah, geez, there is more. And also, there, you can guarantee there were a lot of casual fans that went, "What's he talking about?" and looked it up and found it and fell in love with it as well. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was that's giving cool. everybody the rub on that, and that's that's kind of what I what I appreciate about um, about punk. I mean, definitely the most. Um, it's hard to argue that he's probably one of the most honorable men in the sense of how how he done his business and not basically you know stuck to his word, um, had the balls. I suppose we, we can probably talk about that, had the balls to go into the UFC and get his ass kicked in front of the world, but had the balls to do it because there's a lot of men that like to talk a lot of shit, even after a Conor McGregor match, you know, the other week, and they want to make they, they do want to make jokes on social media, but like you're standing across. You know, a fucking cage from another man that is going to war with you where it could be literally life and death situation um, and those bright lights aren't meant to affect you he's still done it twice and uh, at the end of the day man, I, that, that's I mean, you have my respect at that alone I mean, people talk about the, the Logan Pauls and the Jake Pauls of this world and all this stuff and we can slag them these are people that have the balls to step in the fucking ring and actually fight to earn their money and put bread on their table, regardless of whether you like them or not. But To to me, that's an automatic, um, you know, I I take my hat off to you, sir. You know?
1: Yeah, I find he's also the man. I describe him now as the man who still works in the business, but just doesn't bear the fruits and get paid for it.
0: There you go. You know,
1: when you think about, as Joe alluded to earlier, he puts out that tweet about the Royal Rumble. That just generates so much revenue and hotness and social media craziness within the wrestling fan base and like he's not bearing any of the fruits of it the the fruits are going to be bored by the people that are there on sunday night the next question
0: the next question i'm about to ask you boys could be a prime example of our wrestlers or former wrestlers or people that have been around the business um the easiest in the world to work because that kind of makes me go this man's at the putting out a tweet and literally sending business over to the company that he hates, right? And they're all gonna watch that in the hope that Sam Punk returns. If Vince McMahon isn't sitting at home going, Yeah, maybe Phil, maybe Phil likes us again, hunter. Why don't you give him a call?
3: <laughs> so well, it could I-
0: be it could be two things. It could be Punk literally waiting on that call just so he can go. Here, Hunter, go fuck yourself. <laughs> or it could be him going, What's on the table?
1: Well, you know? well, well, myself and my tag team partner there on the end had a conversation <laughs> about this.
0: You did with, with two, not men, two, men, not two not weeks ago. <laughs> not so long ago. Well, well, me, me, myself and your tag team partner had a conversation today as well. And I turned around and said, you know what? That's a bet that I would be happy to pay out. In fact, you know what I mean, because when when the world opens up again, I'll be buying your bears anyway. You know that, so we get to do it as a double whammy.
1: But it <laughs> also, but it also, it also sounds like a theory that we had that you're coming more around to. Well, with that tweet,
0: well, with that tweet well, all the evidence, with that, with that, tweet, <laughs> but, but, that but like I said, that could he hasn't he ways. hasn't
2: quit though, really. But that could yet. go
0: two ways, where he thinks he's working people like us as well, and going. Oh. Actually, no, fuck it. I'm not doing that and I'm happy. I'm happy sticking it
1: with your wife every night, like you know what I mean? You know, you know if he shows up on Sunday, me and Jay are going on holidays to (laughs) Fingless. Do you know what you're gonna a 50
2: euro taxi to collect the (laughs) tenner? Do you know what do you know
1: Jay Jay be worth it?
0: you know what I'll do I'll actually um, I'll, I'll, I'll arrange some as you can see my nice little hotel room here I'll arrange some uh, some uh, screens some screens yeah 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 I'll get some screens there so we can all we can all just pass the beer around the corner it be no bothered you could you could yeah, you could I,
1: you I could, I I could I, FedEx the ten or two as like punk's release papers the day yeah. Oh no 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 no. there'd be no fun in that come on
3: no, but I I think I think lads you, you know you talk about how he's Shifting, um, you know, money towards WWE and eyes towards it and some of that. I think he just loves to watch people squirm and talk shite. And once he's in the conversation, he doesn't give a shit. Well, he's, he's keeping yeah. his, he's keeping as his long brand.
0: He's, in, he's, he's keeping his brand relevant, isn't he? Yeah, you know? exactly. I
3: think as long as people, as long as as he, as people are talking about him, whether it's making money for someone else, as long as people are, he's on people's lips. He doesn't give a shit. I think personally.
0: Well, no, that's a good point, Joe. Because at the end of the day, look, his brand is CM Punk. He is Phil Brooks. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can be guaranteed when he's making love to his wife and she's looking in his eyes, he's not saying, "Oh yeah, you know, turn me around, CM." She's going, "Hit me, Phil." You know what I mean? Or, or whatever they're into. I don't know. Very gamey tonight. <laughs> Very gamey tonight. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is though, like Phil <laughs> Phil Brooks is the man. CM Punk is the brand. So, by, uh, by him keeping that brand open, it's always, he's got so many options. You know what I mean? And if he wants to come back for a two year run with WWE or, or AEW or wherever the fuck he wants to go, like he's just so smart in that sense. And like everything that we've talked about tonight uh, proves that, that he's but just. Any,
3: anyone in that position, the, um, the last thing, the worst thing that could happen to you is you let your, you let your star fade. And let people forget about you. He there you go. do that. There so, you know, go. he has to, as I said, he has to throw out the, these kind of vague tweets and stuff like that every now and then just to co- just create a buzz. Like, and, just and,
0: and the thing about it is for like, you know, back in the day, the reason people would come back, you know, they'd bring out a DVD, like you'd have Bret Hart bring out a DVD and then come back and, oh, uh, it's great. That's how you get your, your in back into the company. You know, Foley would have like a book that's written, you know, promoting it on the New York Times. Whereas this
3: guy
2: literally just goes, Here's a tweet.
3: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but this look, I'm going to have to give me a second. I just need to put my tinfoil hat on. There we go. I am a serious fan and a major propagator of the fact that KFAB is still alive and well and living in front of your eyes. And me the reason it's there is because men who know better than you for 100 years have always known when to shift the goalposts. When we get
0: Oh, they've shut him off. FBI has entered the
2: chat. When we'll fucking take in. And this, this, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they look. The, the, you have to go away for your comeback to mean something. And yeah. whether it's age or whether it's fa- fucking Sean losing the smile, sometimes you rest Shergar and you put him out the stud and hope the rat don't kidnap him. Do you know what I mean? And this is what happened with CM Punk. He Long he made it to the apex he wore the crown he found his fucking wife he is a businessman and not only that first and foremost when we talk about look indie darlings who started off backyard wrestling and find themselves doing 47 super kicks in a match down on some fucking other brand new upstart promotion he's a consummate professional wrestler in every sense of the word he was not injury prone. He's had probably a couple of niggles here or there. He's always there. He's the kind of guy you can lean on, you know, I need you in. He 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 made it to the apex of the fucking industry, the top of the mountain.
0: Wrestled with injuries, which is actually the guy that you really want.
2: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I made a very large point with being a consummate professional and a professional wrestler, also spoke up for the boys, for the workhorses who never earned a fucking voice, said they made me work injured. I was unwell. The doctor's now here saying he shouldn't be going and you're sending me in and I'm doing the business for you. Where's the care for me as a fucking thoroughbred, thoroughbred racehorse? You showed none. Then he fucking rests his account for three or four years, goes off. This is life ambition. Takes his every man body to the UFC. More credit to him. I'll never have a word said about anybody in any combat sport who was willing to have the guts to have the cage locked behind them and stand in front of a man. And get pummeled for his fucking paycheck. There, there, there's no you can root through the couch looking for enough money to get the bus into town all you want while well, you're passing judgment on men who've done braver things than you. when you're sitting there and your snide little comments, which are quirky in front of you, clickety, 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 clickety between your porn obsessions. None of your bullshit matters. He did it, he got the shit bad out of him, and he done it with a great dignity. Now, all of that aside, he's still a consummate professional wrestler. And that doesn't go away. You just don't turn it off. To quote John Rambo, you just don't turn it off. And he's not sitting at home, a man in the prime of his fucking element, in the prime of his uh, physical physical in-ring career going, well, this is me for the next 80 years. You wouldn't do us a favour. I love him pick us up one of them share packets of Warders Originals. I'm going to sit here looking out this window till I fucking die. It's not going to happen like that. He's coming back. That's inevitable. When and where he chooses... Will be to the benefit of his own brand, and he has made it perfectly clear since that pipe bomb, which was okay, boy, the boss, and which is fucking up on the network, and you watch it whenever you want. It's not like he's some kind of company, you know. Oh, bogeyman, get over there! You ruined everything. Now everybody wants to see. Go see medical. It's he's a consummate professional who looks after the locker, looks after his brand, looks after the business, and at the end of the day, he gets people paid, and he doesn't do it with. This this oh he might not be in the most technical wrestler in the world. Stand there and tell me who Fakem was. Every time somebody's brilliant, you have to wait 20 years before you can admit he's brilliant. The man was a bell to bell consummate professional wrestler. Who could have a match with anybody you put in front of him. Whether it was heel, whether it was Babyface, whatever you needed from him, he turned up and he did it. What more do you want from your athletes? What more do you want? I mean, oh, it was like Hulk Hogan had four moves for 27 years. I mean what more do you want? You want everybody to be somebody else but when they are who you need them to be you don't want them to be that anymore. Fuck off with your keyboards. You know
0: what? That is literally the only way and best way to end this show. I can't add that to that. That is just I don't know about you guys is there anything that you'd like to add to that? I think that's fucking genius to be honest.
3: Well, is he, is, is he going to turn up at the Rumble yes or no? No?
2: Uh, no. If not this one there's about 16 more in the next 16 years when he chooses. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we got uh, that means another 16 years of us doing this
1: every year, Jay. <laughs> he, he
0: might, are, are
2: you doing that for the next 40 lockdowns?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> he might, um, he, might normal, K- <laughs> he might do the usual baby. He might do the usual K five thing. He might uh, he might leave it and show up on Monday night raw.
0: <laughs> oh no, that would be genius. That would be genius. Um lads, <sighs> well, no, I, I think that was I think that's perfect. I think everything Jay said there, I mean, I concur with it. I I salute it perfectly, you know it's 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 absolutely spot on it, from from you know from people having something to say about warriors that get into a fucking ring or an octagon as you say with a cage cloth behind you um it's 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 absolutely spot on jay thank you once again for that you know it's 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 um
1: and remember, we don't listen you, to you
2: men have, who run from bar fights. That big talk comes from men who don't usually know how the fuck to fucking take care of business to begin you, with.
1: You have to remember as well the top time in the UFC, the top, the top matchups and all that type of stuff. You know, there's been heels and baby faces and storytelling as well. Don't forget that. When Brock Lesnar went in there, he brought that act into the UFC and lit it on fire.
2: Yeah, Undertaker sitting beside yeah. him at the Octagon. Do and you want to go? Yeah, yeah right, and, and we right. Didn't,
1: <laughs> and, and we hadn't we hadn't seen anything like it since Chuck Liddell and Tito and Shamrock, remember? And then and then of course McGregor comes on the scene. It was a kind of a. A washing machine version of all these guys rolled into one. He has the Vince, Strutt, he has the Flair, he has. He everything loves the work.
0: You know he I mean? loves the work. So uh, that, so anyone that doesn't get anyone that doesn't get that, uh, can go fuck themselves. Basically,
1: well, 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 don't forget you. That's what they do. You've a lot of anyway. you've a, yeah. you like, <laughs> you a, you a lot of combat purist fans out there who who apparently wouldn't have much time for pro wrestling. But they hell they do love those hail story lines when they come into the UFC. You know,
0: and they sure do love Conor McGregor too. Many horsemen, yeah. oh, all that fake stuff is. It? I was like, yeah, you ask Conor
2: McGregor, real man to man, if that's fake stuff. <laughs> yeah. Also, tell Ken Shamrock, Dan Severin and Don Freud that they're full of shit. Go, all three of them, shoulder to shoulder. You men with an array of beautiful mustaches and you, you creeping lunatic, you're all fake. Yeah, see how that goes for you. See how that you know, goes you for know, you. Do
1: you know something? Here's a vision to leave this with. What if McGregor shows up in WWE with a set of trunks on him my kick pads? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, <laughs>
0: that's, that's a conver- that's a conversation for, uh, for a different time because I do believe that that will eventually happen. It's inevitable. Yeah, that's inevitable, and I don't think it'll be a pair of kick. T- it'll be kick pads, all right, but it'll be a pair of boots on underneath. And that man has shown that he can put on the poundage if he needs it. Um, and I just want to say categorically, five nine is a perfect height for a pro wrestler. So uh, I think I, 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 will, <laughs> Conor McGregor, I recommend Conor McGregor should go for that.
1: <laughs> oh, here, here, five nine is a perfectly high. once you and three, three inch lifts.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, bombshell tonight!
1: <laughs> Man, you can you can go with that any way which you want. <laughs>
0: Just saying, it's a perfect fight. Uh, well, in fairness, yeah. in Sorry, the well, of WWE, say,
3: five t- nine is
2: about 6.2 two.
0: <laughs> I'll say one thing though. I'll say one thing. Noyle's actually kind of right. Like, if, if you're already wearing the lifts and you can only get the five nine, mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look at one of those German strategy stretching machines, possibly, to make it taller.
1: You there's, there's there's nothing wrong with doing a dive through the middle rope. It's all good. You know what? That's still the be- <laughs> still 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 the, still the best
0: one. Unless, unless you're Finn Balor or someone like Daniel Bryan doing it, it's still the best one. Definitely. Um, lads, oh, nice. I really enjoyed that tonight. I think that's a great way to leave the show tonight. I think I think the one consensus that we all definitely agree on. From Joe, uh, myself, Noel, and Jay, I think we all agree on the fact that CM Punk is definitely in the conversation as one of the one of the best ever to do it. And um, when you put the whole package together, how can he not be? You know, um, fourteen year career. Well, probably a longer career. He will tell you probably a longer career, but realistically, a fourteen year career. But I mean, a good what three five five years at the top, or well, maybe maybe three three years at the tippy top. Um. Listen, The Rock is the highest-paid actor in the world at the moment, based off the back of something similar, and one of the biggest names on the planet. So, and no, it's not
1: um, over yet. Yeah, it's not credits, over the credits, yet. The credits for that's the credits for that story haven't rolled down through the screen yet. That's,
0: that's quite, I I agree. I agree, lads. This has actually been a pleasure. Uh, shout out to Noel Hogan, of course, for uh, being the man to, uh, to, to to pick that subject for this week. I really enjoyed that, actually. Um, credit to my colleagues, as always. Love yous like brothers, because she's our brothers. Um, don't forget, before we do go, a little bit of business to take care of, bills to be paid. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the bell notification as well. That's super important because... Uh, when we do put shows out, boom, you're going to get notified. And whether you like the show or not, it doesn't matter. Your support means the world to us. Um, you know, if you want to leave negative comments as
2: well, please do. Uh, There'll also be a link to Joe's OnlyFans in the comments, also for anybody. Joe's
0: OnlyFans. You, you see Big Joe there. Uh, he's got the IRFU, <laughs> and he will do the last two letters to you if you want. The Sligo okay. sex bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. He will take out the OR and then just think of Joe, OK? Because he will do that to you if you want. So is there's any single ladies out there, Joe is, uh, is also uh, also a, a fan. If you are a man that wears a Bailey Hug Me t-shirt, please don't contact us. We don't really want that. Um just want to say that, you know, straight away.
1: Or oh, 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 contact us because we want to know why.
0: Or no, listen to the show. Listen to the show. I'm just saying, don't contact us for Joe's information because I'm not I'm not gonna give it. <laughs> I like Joe, not that much, but I like him. Um but no, all joking aside, guys, please do comment on it. Let us know. You're already fucking doing wonders for us as well. Like we're actually starting to get a lot of great traction now. Um we're on Spotify audio as well, as everyone knows. Uh,
2: we are also checking the YouTube comments as well. We would like to see a little more shit being slung, a little more shade being thrown, and a little more salt being spread. Get your fucking fingers out.
0: Absolutely, guys. You know what I mean? There's no point in having a conversation with yourself while you're sitting watching the show. Write Bring it, your down. Shit. Bring Bring your it down. Bring your shit. Jay wants you to come at him. Bring your shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We We want these guys on the show. Absolutely guys, You are always welcome on our show e- e- even if it's
0: negative even if you want to come on and call us as a piece of shit do it, no problem, we're here um, we're ready, just remember that you won't win but, but come on you
2: might not be wrong but you still won't win <laughs> you won't win <laughs> you might be absolutely right but you still won't win you're definitely right <laughs> no
0: but all joking aside guys we, we we love you uh, we love your support, I have to say And thank you for, um, you know, everybody that has hit a like and a subscribe on uh, any show on the Dynamo Podcast Network. It means the world to us. And um, until next week, we are the four pod men. I am Ian the Dynamo Kelly. Noel Hogan, the shopkeeper, has been your host today. And Joe the Beef Dugnan is still an Irish rugby fan. And, of course, the DJ is still your DJ once He can DJ again. (laughs) Until next week, that is all we have time for. We are over and out.